Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. How worried should Lakers fans be about their road to a repeat? The 2020 Basketball Hall of Fame class finally gets their day. Plus, just how much Kobe Bryant meant and still means to Southern California. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. LeBron James and the Lakers are going to go from finals win in the bubble to having to play in the play-in against an absolutely red-hot Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry wins the scoring title, drops 46 points in an absolutely incredible game. Even if they win that game, they have the Suns waiting, the Jazz, the Clippers, teams at the top. They're going to have an extremely difficult road just to get back to the finals, and then they'll have Milwaukee, uh, the, the Nets, Philly, waiting in the finals. Joining me now from Locked on Lakers, Andy Kamenetsky. And Andy, how concerned should Lakers fans be that that this journey, that this road is just too difficult? I don't know about too difficult. Um, if this team is healthy, you know, heading into the playoffs, obviously they're going to have to get themselves on the same page remarkably quickly. I mean, they, the, the last few months they have had no luxury of continuity whatsoever. They've had guys in and out of the lineup constantly. You know, Andre Drummond was supposed to be this uh, very big addition that the last week or so he's looked really good. But just his difficulty finding comfort, I think, in a lot of ways is emblematic of just everything that's gone on for the last few months. That being said, though, before things started going off the rails with injuries, the Lakers came together very quickly and looked like the best team in the league for a lot of the early season. If they can find a way to regain that form, they're going to be as difficult and out as as any team in the league. It's just a question of whether they can stay healthy enough to do it and whether they can just find a way to get all these pieces, you know, reassembled in a pretty quick amount of time. You know, I would also say too, these things are supposed to be hard. And I, and I think we forget about mm-hmm. that a lot. You know, we yep. we we tend to to judge dominance in, in the way teams go about winning championships or the inability to do it. It's supposed to be very, very difficult winning a championship. That's that's why we revere the the teams and the players that do it. And LeBron James said last yes. year that that you know he's won some of the toughest titles that have ever been won. And you know if they win this one, I think you can make the case it will be every bit as impressive, if not more. You know, than I last was th- year. I I was thinking about that. If the Lakers manage to repeat this season, given everything that's happened this year, everything that happened last season, I think this could go down as the most impressive run of LeBron's career. Like even the championship where they came back from down in 2016 against that juggernaut Warriors team, you know, the the things that that team had to overcome, they they were legitimate obstacles, but they were all within the traditional parameters of basketball. Like these are the things that great teams ultimately have to do to win championships. What the Lakers have gone through the last couple of years, including Kobe's death and, you know, a, a pandemic, stoppages of play, all these uh, different COVID protocols, and then the injuries the Lakers have had the last few months. These are exceptionally difficult circumstances. And if they can manage 
to win a championship coming from the bottom half of a bracket with everything that they've gone through, I, I think it will be very reasonable to look at this as you know the most remarkable two-year stretch of LeBron's career. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, the 2020 Basketball Hall of Fame class finally gets their day. That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Utah Jazz finished with the NBA's best record and the top seed in the West. David Locke here with Locked on Jazz. Tonight's 121-99 win over the Sacramento Kings. Somewhat irrelevant. The Kings didn't play most of their guys. But the Jazz hold on for the number one seed for the entire run through the playoffs despite being without Donovan Mitchell for the final 16 games of the season and without Mike Conley for nine of the final 11 games of the season. For the Jazz, will be the first time they host a playoff series since 2001. It's the most wins the franchise has had in a season since 09-10, despite the fact that they only played 72 games. They will likely pull up many awards. Defensive player of the year should go to Rudy Gobert. Jordan Clarkson will likely win six-man. And Quinn Snyder could be the coach of the year. A star-studded season for the Jazz wraps up with the best record in the NBA. Your final standings are in the East. Sixers, Nets, Bucks, Knicks, Hawks, Heat, Celtics, Wizards, Pacers, Hornets. Remember, we've got playing games, so these lists are a little bit longer than normal. In the West, it's Jazz, Suns, Nuggets, Clippers, Mavericks, Trailblazers, Lakers, Warriors, Grizzlies, and Spurs. The NBA's play-in schedule is set. On Tuesday, we've got Charlotte versus Indiana and Washington versus Boston. On Wednesday, we've got the Spurs against the Grizzlies and Golden State against the Lakers. I think a few people are going to be watching that last one. The Stanley Cup playoffs have started, and it was a wild ending in Las Vegas. What's happening, Wild fans? Seth Topol coming to you after the Wilds 1-0 overtime win in Game 1 against the Vegas Golden Knights. This was a heavyweight bout. It was a clash between Marc-Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot with crazy save after crazy save. Wilds came out a little slow in the first period, which rest, rust, a little bit of both. But they battled back in the second period. They played much better. Third period side goes scoreless. And uh, in overtime, Jewel Erickson Eck gets the game winner to give the Wild a 1-0 lead in this best of seven opening round series. And for the Wild, as the lower seed, obviously you want to try to get as many games as you can on the road. But this was just overall a very impressive battle for this team. They took the best that Marc-Andre Fleury had to offer. And they still were able to cash in. Rombauer beat Medina Spear and put horse racing's latest controversy on the back burner. Little known Rombauer sprung an 11-1 upset to win the Preakness on Saturday, passing Bob Baffert's Kentucky Derby winner to end a potential triple crown bid that would have carried a giant asterisk. Medina Spirit finished third and will not go to the Belmont with a triple crown on the line and a potential derby disqualification hanging over the sport. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for today on betonline.ag. The Stanley Cup playoffs take center stage. The Washington Capitals 
took game one against the Boston Bruins in an overtime win. Tonight they play game two. The betonline.ag line is Boston minus one and a half. Two series get started tonight. The National Predators versus the Carolina Hurricanes. And the betonline.ag line is Carolina giving a goal and a half. The St. Louis Blues versus the Colorado Avalanche. And the betonline.ag line for that game is Colorado giving half a point. For all the NBA, MLB, NHL, horse racing, all the gambling needs you could possibly have, check out the latest at betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account at BetOnline and use the promo code LOCKEDON to get a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. Because of COVID-19, the 2020 Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinement was delayed. This weekend, the 2020 class finally got their day. Kevin Garnett. 15-time All-Star, 9-time All-NBA, and 12-time All-Defensive Player, the 2003 MVP, the 2008 Defensive Player of the Year, and NBA champion Garnett thanked the fans but blamed his mom. But um, a lot of people don't know I'm from South Carolina. I'm a country boy. Um, I like to say that. Help hone my skills. My mother's a very intense and very passionate woman who cared about her craft, cared about the quality of her craft, and I think I took some of that from her. So if you guys want to blame me or blame the intensity, blame her for that. Um, I want to thank my mother, Shirley, for that. I want to say thank you to all the fans, man, seriously, for for everybody. For all the fans that ever cheered for me, booed me. It's all good with me. I appreciate you loving the sport, loving sports. You, uh, it's because the fans is that we athletes are immortalized. So thank you. Tim Duncan, 15-time All-Star, 15-time All-NBA, 15-time All-Defense, 97-98 Rookie of the Year, two-time NBA MVP and three-time Finals MVP, not to mention a five-time NBA champion. Duncan couldn't go without thanking Pop. Finally. <laughs> I don't I don't want to talk about him. He's going to get mad at me if I talk about him. Sorry, Pop. Coach Pop. He's going to be mad at me, but the standard you set, you showed up after I got drafted, you came to my island, you sat with my friends, my family, you talked with my dad. I thought that was normal. It's not. You're an exceptional person. Thank you for teaching me about basketball. But even beyond that, teach me that's not all about basketball. It's about what's happening in the world, about your family, um, just for everything. Thank you for being the amazing human being that you are. Tamika Catchings, one of my favorites, 10-time WNBA All-Star, 12-time All-WNBA, 2011 WNBA MVP, 2012 WNBA champion, and a 1998 NCAA champion. Catchings talked about turning her childhood dream into a reality. I remember the day basketball chose me. I was in seventh grade, sitting in my room, pondering what I would be when I grew up. I can still feel the smile that was plastered on my face. When I finished writing it, I ripped out my page. I flew down the hallway to find my brother and sister and broadcasted, I know what I want to be when I grow up. I shoved the piece of paper in their hands and waited to hear their responses. On cue, they both said, this is so cool. Have you showed mom? Have you showed dad? 
I snatched the paper out of her hands and I ran downstairs screaming, Mom, Dad, I know what I want to be when I grow up. And as I found them in the living room, I shoved the piece of paper in her hand, waiting for their response. They both looked at each other and they said, Honey, if anyone can do it, you can. What was my goal? What was my goal? What had I written? One day, I will be a professional basketball player in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, the NBA. <laughs> Thus began my true journey to becoming a pro. Basketball chose me, an awkward, lanky, introverted tomboy born with a hearing disability, a speech impediment, and a will to overcome obstacles, dream big, and to change the world. Other new members of the Hall of Fame include Kim Mulkey, two-time AP College Basketball Coach of the Year, inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame as a player in 2000, Barbara Stevens, a five-time WBCA National Division II Coach of the Year, inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame in 2006, and Eddie Sutton, two-time AP College Coach of the Year, enshrined in the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 2011, plus Rudy Tomjanovich, two-time NBA champion with the Houston Rockets, and 1997 All-Star Game coach. Of course, the one inductee that was not in attendance was Kobe Bryant. We'll talk about his induction next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar, makers of the best-tasting protein bar ever, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I genuinely do not know how they do it. Every bar is covered in 100% chocolate, and yet they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they taste incredible. I had the double chocolate. That was my very first bar, the first time I had a built Bar, and I was blown away. And every new bar that I get a chance to try, it just seems like they've outdone themselves. They keep pushing the boundaries of how far they can take these flavors. Now, they come out with a flavor, and they will be so popular, they will sell out limited run flavors because that's how good they are. Do not miss out on an opportunity to grab some. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your first order. That's BuiltBar.com, the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. A year ago, this time, the NBA world was attempting to make sense of the Kobe Bryant tragedy and over the weekend, they posthumously inducted him into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Joining me now from Lockdown Lakers, Andy Kamenetsky. And Andy, now that we've had time to sit with this more than a year now, um, it was it was January of last year, pre-pandemic, in, in what seems like a whole other world. How has your memory of Kobe Bryant, the basketball player, the person, changed in in this experience of the last year grieving his death i don't know if it if it's changed necessarily but it it's really driven home something that i really knew anyway living in la for as long as i have is just how much this city really loved and, and embraced kobe and living here is a continual reminder of just his presence and his absence. I mean, you, it's very difficult to drive more than a couple miles without seeing a Kobe mural somewhere. I mean, it's, as you said, it's been almost a year and a half since his passing and all the murals are still up. And, you know, for somebody like me who covered the last 10 years of Kobe's career, 
it's driven home a lot also just how much of my career has been connected to Kobe. But again, it, that was something that I really knew anyway. It, I don't know how much has changed really since then as much as just what I really knew ha- has been accentuated in ways that unfortunately are very tragic. Yeah. And, and I'm going to be honest, uh, as someone who you know grew up in the Midwest and, and has spent a lot of my, my adult life on the East Coast, I didn't understand it. Not that I, not that I thought that it was bad. I just, I didn't quite grasp the impact that he had on Southern California until he passed. And unfortunately, this is something that happens not just with athletes, not, not just with public figures, but, but people in our lives all the time that we don't realize the impact, um, uh, until they are gone. Yeah. I mean, Kobe's influence as a basketball player in Los Angeles was more than just the Lakers and more than just the NBA. He influenced the way people in this city view their athletes across sports. I mean, you, you'll hear members of the Dodgers talking about having the Mamba mentality or you know, the way he would famously prep so fervently for, for everything. And you know, the, 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 the depth of preparation and the, the things that he demanded of himself, it's become now what fans in Southern California and Los Angeles demand from all of their athletes around the city. And also too, I mean, Kobe was for a while, a very, very controversial player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during his lowest periods, being a Kobe Bryant fan meant taking up for Kobe a lot, you know, and, and getting into a lot of arguments on Kobe's behalf, you know, going back and forth with people. And, it, you know, it took on this type of, I think, personal connection to Kobe as an athlete and, you know, somebody to aspire to, to root for that I've never really seen in, in sports before. I, I can't think of an athlete who's had this type of specific fandom, you know, to, to this degree of fervency as Kobe. I, I can't even think of anybody who's comparable. And finally, Paul Pierce, the 2008 Finals MVP and 10-time All-Star, along with two-time champion and 11-time All-Star selection Chris Bosh, five-time All-NBA selection Chris Webber, and four-time Defensive Player of the Year Ben Wallace were announced as part of the 2021 Hall of Fame class yesterday now that you've got the news go make some money listen to locked on bets download and subscribe wherever you get podcasts coming up tuesday we pin our locked on nba hosts against each other it's nba awards time so at least until tomorrow stay locked on today